Welcome to Nuanced Beauty. This podcast is intended to be a spot where my husband Bill and I will capture some complex thoughts and challenge us to hold to our opinions loosely so that we can see the beauty in others and the beauty in ourselves. I want to challenge us to dive deeper into those everyday topics and those sticky topics that we might shy away from or we might bulldoze over others with our opinions. Because I think there's wisdom in this idea that if we all thought exactly the same, there would be no need for anyone else. So let's have a conversation and let's get nuanced. Welcome back. Hey, y'all. So uh, to kick off this episode, I guess in the spirit of, uh, I don't know, how did you word it, Bill? Editorial correction? correction. Editorial correction. Yeah. Uh, we have to cycle back to uh, meal planning and cooking. And uh, we did not touch at all on the topic of doing like a meal subscription plan to HelloFresh or the like. Um, this particularly applies to us in our household, um, as I am heading back to work. And even before I accepted a job offer, I was considering trying HelloFresh, uh, because, um, we found that right now I've been pretty heavy in the meal planning and grocery shopping world, but, for things to come up in the afternoon and for me to hand over meal planning to Bill, it felt super overwhelming uh, because it felt like having to explain everything that needed to go down to make dinner was just just too much. So um, we have at least two friends that we know who do HelloFresh meal subscriptions. And this came up recently, so it was fresh on the mind and I decided that we're going to go ahead and give HelloFresh a try. Um, that way, we both have the recipe in front of us, and either of us can make dinner. Um, if something comes up on my plate and Bill needs to do dinner, he can make dinner. So we're one week in, and... Um, Aside from a brief bout of food poisoning by yeah. one who will not be named... The food poison was no good. It was no good. It was very bad. Besides the food was that, good, though. The food was good. The meals were good. Um, I We did four meals this week, and we have four meals ahead of us this week. Um, and um, the portions are pretty decent. And uh, the one thing, the one critique I have is that there is still a decent amount of effort in actually making the meals. Um, reading through the recipes, I would say uh, a beginner cook if you thought like HelloFresh was a like easy something easy, it's not easy. It just replaces uh, grocery shopping, and you should add ten to fifteen minutes to the timing, because the timing estimates for everything like the meal prep or the cooking part, I just think they're short on time. And we're kind of intermediate cooks; like we have a decent level of knowledge in the kitchen. Yeah, I'd call that a feature, not a bug. That's actually one of the things I've been impressed with. Which, to be clear, we are not uh, in any way affiliated with Meal Plan. Although, if the good people at Meal Plan are listening, 
with our, our wide listenership and want to uh, throw a subscription, we'd, we'd, we'd gladly be all about it. <laughs> uh, we, we would consider retracting our food poisoning comment uh, <laughs> if, if we were given lots and lots of American dollars. But I actually consider that a feature of the fact that it's it's not um, easy because it's it's actually is almost like an intermediate cooking class having to do all this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's giving us like ideas. I mean, like the. Uh, the the breading and the the mayo as you're coating on chicken before you put like panko breadcrumbs and mixing in uh, butter into the panko breadcrumbs that's something that we didn't typically do when we use panko to coat things so there's a few like tips and tricks that are given that have been kind of uh like insightful and like we'll add that to our uh add that to our rolodex of thoughts as we move forward and uh yeah we're gonna continue with the hello fresh for a time this is all meant to be in the theme uh, of that podcast, which was really about moderating your expectations for yourself and what uh, cooking for your family has to be or doesn't have to be. Uh, you know, we talked about planning our hot dogs and we talked about, uh, you know, not, not trying to overcomplicate things. This is a great way of um, not overcomplicating or not feeling the stress of trying to come up with something creative and just mm-hmm. cooking for your family. And that's, that's all it has to be. Mm-hmm. So and outsourcing a little bit of the planning, just a little bit of the planning, just to, uh, you know, make decisions on what's going to be important and not important. It might be important to you to cook a meal at home, but not important that you came up with the idea. And that's what this is perfect for. Yes. And the commute, like, uh, less communication effort between us to pass off the recipe to one another. That's the component that's big for me. So yeah, you can call it uh, communication, or you could call it uh, outsourcing your expectations of the outcome. <sighs> yep, yep, yep. It's yep. really way more about that. It is. It's all about that. But for now, I'm gonna consider the uh, we're on an equal playing field because we both know what's for dinner. Mm-hmm. I'll consider that a win, and I'll work on the second part later. Okay, so all that was editorializing on a previous podcast, and I think we said all we needed to say there, yeah? Yes. Okay. The, so the title of this podcast is Nuance Beauty, and the, the idea, again, is to, to kind of talk about things and maybe in a different perspective or how things might uh, uh, conflict. But uh, this, this could uh, delve into, you know what grinds my gears? Because something ground my gears this week, and I think there's nuance in that. I'm going to call it nuance because that makes me feel more sophisticated when I talk about things that ground my gears. We, Christina and I have been uh, part of a, a small group that have been discussing uh, money matters. Uh, and it's not, it's not a Dave Ramsey class, so it's something similar. It's really more about financial planning, but more about how you relate. Yeah, how you how relate. How you like, relate to one another with money and how you yourself have emotional ties to money and um, values, how your values mm-hmm. and your timing and money all kind of goes together. So we're reading this book um, and it's been good. It's been, it's been really, uh, you know, well done, well structured, but there, there's just this conversation about retirement and, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend recently and they're, they're very stressed about having enough money for retirement. And this book talked about, Oh, you know, you got to save up for retirement because you want to be able to live your real life, you know, after you're done working and you want to be able to do it young enough that you still have your health to do it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have uh, been sold this idea that your life is mindless drudgery and you do not exist until you retire. And that's when things are going to be better. Things are going to be better when you retire. Mm-hmm. You, you can be happy when you retire. You're going to be alive when you retire. And 
I just so thoroughly reject this idea that your real life begins at retirement. Are you alive today? Are you alive right now? Uh, and if, if, if so, then you could be doing, you could be, you could be living your life now. You don't have to wait until you retire. And I'm not saying you could be, you know, traveling the country right now. That's not true. Like, obviously we have responsibilities to do now, but this idea of you have to wait to do what you want. You have to wait to be happy. You have to put in your time. All all this. I, we, uh, in the church that we were a part of, we had a a member who, uh, he owned this big furniture company. So, um, he was kind of a, the local business guru and he'd talk about work-life balance. And at the time I kind of thought, you know, he was full of crap, but then I grew up a little bit and he'd, he'd, he'd say <laughs> that work-life balance is hokum. I'm saying hokum because I can't say the word I want to. Cause again, we're trying to avoid the explicit tag on this podcast. Yes. Uh, he, he wouldn't say the word I want to say either because this was at church, but um, <laughs> because you are still alive while you're at work. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you don't cease to be because you're at work. Now you can be miserable mm-hmm. and be at work, and I frequently am uh, because I don't, I don't like working. Um, but it doesn't mean that you aren't alive. And to to completely uh, export, like just to to uh, to give up this portion of your being, your created being, is I, I think wrong. Mm. And, and there's I, like some compartmentalism again, to it. We're trying to be nuanced, so for me to say things so definitive as wrong might be antithetical to what we're trying to do with this podcast. So please disagree with me. We have a we have a new logo, if you guys haven't noticed, and it yes. shows these w- ripples that are uh, interfering with one another, um, uh-huh. which is the crashing into one crashing another, one, interfering to the, the, the physics term for two waves uh, coexisting. Nice. Okay. Uh, so by all means, disagree with me on this. Yeah. Uh, or engage with our Instagram. Yeah. Hey, plug for our Instagram to <laughs> to to disagree on this, but uh, I it, it, yeah, it kind of it goes into um, it goes into maybe the uh, American dream that we've been sold about the progression of our life, and um, it's like step one, graduate high school; step two, go to college. Step three, get your first job and get married, then get a house, then have kids, work really hard for 20 to 30 years and retire. And this progression, like it's, it's, it's nuanced. (laughs) You have your first job, you have your second job, you live in one state, you move to another and granted, I like, that's where it comes down to. There are some folks who have actually, um, been fortunate enough to stay planted in one spot and they feel pretty, um, like pretty content with where they're at and the job that they're doing. And they, they haven't gotten caught up in that roller coaster of changing jobs, but it is also more, um, culturally acceptable in our generation to move from job to job. But there is still, even in that, like, whether you're changing locations or jobs, there's still kind of this weight of, I have to do this, then this, then this, and that's all leading to retirement. And, and, we're, and we're speaking shiny... as people who have largely, with the exception of the fact that we jumped jobs, followed that that path. We mm-hmm. graduated high school, we went to college, we 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 did all that. But mm-hmm. this this thing we sold is is nuanced. It's also very new. Mm-hmm. This, this and you know it's it's a post industrial revolution, really 
you know, in the last 50 years, really, we had this idea of you buy the starter home, you get married, you have the kids in that, in, in that order. And our generation's really effing it up. Yeah. Or, or, or being effed up by it, depending on your perspective. Right. Uh, because we've lived through four or five different catastrophic things in our lifetime, a couple of different financial bubbles, uh, Mm -hmm. a pandemic, all of this, you know, and we're uh, strapping on a lot of debt, just strapping on a ton of debt, exponentially more than previous generations. And the old people won't retire and give us their high paying job. Yeah. The old people are holding out in the market. They don't want to retire. either. They can't retire because they lost everything in the 07 bubble. Yeah. So, but but we're still, (laughs) weighted by the expectations of how things were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be able to retire at 65. We mm-hmm. graduated high school th- thinking that we just had to hold out until 65. And the fact is, that's probably not true. Yeah. But we still, we still have that expectation for ourselves. And yeah. we still look at our 401ks, if, you, if you're lucky enough to have one, and say, is the, am, am I going to make it? And if you don't have one, you're saying, damn I'm not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Can we beep it? Can we beep that? I think we could beep that. I don't want to figure that out. Probably, but I don't want to figure okay. it out. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is, yes, we, I, we're we not irresponsible people. Because the, the thing is, you might not be able to make choices in your life because things can happen to you. But mm-hmm. uh, this, this idea that there is a finish line that you just got to get over, I and think. Then things will be like. Well, I think we need to hold on loosely to that. Because I think we're, yeah. A, we're created for work. And I've, mm-hmm. I've hung out. I, I had the, I had the privilege of getting to spend time with uh, a group of older men. Uh, I would get coffee every week and just talk about life, the universe and everything. And I was, I was the youngest guy there. So I got to really soak in their wisdom. But mm-hmm. what I got to do is listen to a number of people retire mm-hmm. and struggle with it. Or come out of retirement. Or come out of retirement. But uh-huh. mostly the, the, you know, that was the easy part. Oh, I know how to work. I can go back to work. Uh-huh. But when, you know, these men who had worked their whole lives suddenly didn't have a thing to wake up for the next day. Mm-hmm. It was actually a very difficult thing for them. Yeah. So the, uh, this this idea that things will be better when, uh, or I'll be happy when I don't have to work, I think on some level we, we're, we're built for it. So mm-hmm. I am. Uh, there's like a component there that um, those that, like that are in a healthy space and who are financially set up and do retire them having uh, the ability to like redefine their purpose in like having coffee dates and um, pouring into other people who are too busy to do volunteer work, volunteering or yeah. like, especially like volunteering and um, mentoring others and coaching. And there are so many ways that are not technically, but there's employed. always going to be work for you. Mm-hmm. And I think if you don't go in and, Yes. Uh, we're going to give advice to all the people who are about to retire as 33-year-olds. No. Uh, but I was about to. That's what okay. I was about to do. That's the words that were going to come out of my mouth. Is okay. 33-year-olds. Okay. Are we not? Uh, oh, you're not. That's I'm right. Not. <laughs> Keep I, going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife's old. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you go... I don't, I don't, I don't relish the idea of going into retirement with the idea of now this is the time for me. Um, to do whatever it is I want to do and be of no use to anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people who have sunk their lives into their their jobs retire thinking that they finally get to rest and then they die. 
yeah. kind of yeah. quickly. Um, because we... Or they go back to work. Second or job. they go back to work. Yeah. Um, or they, they sit over their coffee and talk about how the person who took over for them at their job is running that company into the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is exactly what my dad's doing with his retirement. Complaining <laughs> about how his successor... Post office is yeah. going, yeah. Is, is, you know, ah, he's really screwing up all the stuff that I worked for. Well, you know, it's not your job anymore. Yeah, it's their job. Let yeah. them make their let them, mistakes. Let them run into the ground, yeah. <laughs> um, well, and then I think, though, uh, to share a whole different side of things, neither of my parents are retired, mm-mm. and neither of them plan to retire. Like, I don't see retirement on their horizon. We like, were never... That, but so I, what I'm sharing here mm-hmm. is that I think a component that you have, like you have a little more, um, pressure or you've had a little more, um, buy-in or just people speaking into you that like retirement is the, the, like the queen bee, or I don't know. I don't it's know. It's the goal. It's the, your purpose of your life is to be able to but retire. I didn't get that message yeah. because my family was a little poorer. And so <laughs> like that message of like, Oh, you got to make it to retirement. That wasn't, I mean, I got the message, you got to get to college. So mm-hmm. the progression message is a little more yeah. prevalent. If for me, it, like, you know, get to college, get the good job, like get the better job. Um, and like do something with your life. Like I got a little more of that message mm-hmm. and a little less of the, like, you got to retire, like work toward retirement. My, my parents, pressured me to set up a Roth IRA when I got my, my first, well, it's not my first job, the first job I paid taxes on when I was 15, they wanted me to set up my Roth IRA. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that is when that, that conversation like, started. It's not bad in, like, it's not bad advice. No. It's not bad advice. No, but it's, it's, it's idolatry of to like to, to... The, the level that they, they did to. Yeah. To, uh, so this is getting, so that's really interesting that the difference between our perspectives growing up, right, I almost jumped in saying it's a little more yeah. you're like on, on the heels for you because it just hits home a little more. And to me, like, I just don't picture, like, I don't picture retirement the same in part because like, I think that we are making some financial decisions to make it possible to not work a standard 40 hour work week. But, um, I think that having, um, even if we're not working a standard 40 hour work week, which I'm not right now, uh, we both like just find things to do that would be community driven and relationally driven. And, um, yeah, that like have a component of interacting mm-hmm. and paying it forward a little bit and like, um, trying to do. So the, on the, and so we're getting into more aspirational talk of, cause I, we all know what the future is going to hold on. That's kind of what we picture. And we don't picture this, this finish line. It's interesting. You're bringing up uh, how you were raised versus how I was raised. And uh, we're raising two kids right now. Mm -hmm. I want to put you on the spot. How are like, think about how we, how we talk about even money issues in general in front of our kids. How, how are we messaging? How are we going to message about retirement? Right. I don't think we've like, I like, I don't think we've gotten there yet. You know, our, our eldest is six. Our youngest is under two. And it's not too early. Start that far. Okay. Or start that Roth IRA. <laughs> no, but we have the college, like we have a college fund going, but we also, um, you know, like I think for us, we're looking, we're looking at that progression of where I go. Of the next thing is, uh, after high school, whether it be college or trade school or something, I think that that's more, so we're not even talking about retirement. That said, we do have like a mission statement and 
um, our family mission statement includes like retiring with dignity. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe we got to update the verbiage there. Yeah, we, we, we were, wrote that immediately after we took a Dave Ramsey class. The heels of, and so that's where I think that um, we have to add in the wisdom in leaving um, an inheritance to your children. That topic does come up. Um, and even just the wisdom of having your life in order so when you do pass you're not leaving junk for your kids to clean up <laughs> well, I'm, is that harsh well, i'm, I'm chuckling because i, I, I know harsh. you're talking about literal junk well like, like tangible and intangible yeah. like if you don't know what to do with the stuff like you mm-hmm. have an estate sale and it's it's a very somber hard time though i mean thank goodness we have not had to go through this we haven't mm-hmm. had to go through this yet, but I think that for us, the the messaging that like we would want to pass to our kids is having that like responsible um, stewardship. Yeah, of what you have, and even I mean, what's more applicable to us is making sure that we have someone to take care of our kids should we pass. Mm-hmm before they're grown up Mm. like that's where we're at in the steps so i guess we haven't been that far-sighted about talking about retirement with our kids it hasn't come up yet and and the question is what are they hearing that we're not saying but again we're we kind of delved into some some more aspirational thought of what you know how do we want to do this Mm -hmm. and uh to continue plugging engagement with our instagram how have you guys talked to your kids about this uh yeah we're we're gonna get people to comment we're gonna get one we're gonna get a comment one of these days uh but yeah it's it's an interesting idea of like do we live to work and then so that we can retire and we can check these boxes in this neat order and progression and retirement is it like the is it the goalpost or is it just another step in the process that we get to enjoy when we're there and where, where i've landed on this is whether you you love your job or or hate your job you are still alive in the moment that you are mm-hmm. and your time is so finite and so to say this time doesn't count because i'm saving up for a different time uh, is just a waste of your life. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm what I'm what I'm exhorting you to do is to be present in the moment that you are, and acknowledge the fact that you are alive in that moment, and that matters. Mm-hmm. I think that's a decent enough place to end on. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, you'll have to. Let us know what you think about retirement and how how the progression, how the uh, hamster wheel plays out in your life. Have you felt the stress of the milestones or, or not? As we are talking about finances and retirement, I thought a great book recommendation would be Billionaire Wilderness by Justin Farrell. Uh, The subtitle is The Ultra Wealthy and the Remaking of the American West. Uh, This author had the opportunity to spend five years in Teton County, Wyoming, which is the richest county in the United States. 
And um, it's a fascinating read. He does a great job tying in interviews and stories and um, the opportunities that he had to hang out with these people for a length of time. And the biggest takeaway that I recall was um, this concept of these ultra wealthy folks um, having a strong social pressure and also a philanthropic desire to be perceived as generous and giving back. Um, and, uh, what was interesting is he explored the number of like, uh, 501c3 nonprofits that were in the area. And there were so many, like so many, but they would pop up and they would fail within two years. So it would just be like, you'd have a nonprofit after nonprofit and, um, the, maybe it's that like 80, 20 or 90, 10 rule where there's just a handful of nonprofits that actually succeed longer than just a couple years. Um, but also this component of where the ultra wealthy would give their money. And what he observed was there was a strong desire to, um, preserve, um, the environment. And um, obviously, environmental topics can be considered political, but uh, they're a lot less messy than giving your money to the poor and other people. Like dealing with poverty and uh, homelessness and dealing with actual people can get really messy. And there's something less controversial about. Um, buying up land and um, considering that like a philanthropic thing and being virtuous and generous. Um, so yeah, I recommend this book. Uh, it was just, it was a fascinating read. I loved how he tied these stories together and how he shared um, some of the insights uh, for both, uh, how people spent their money and how people gave and, uh, what people valued. So, uh, check it out. It is called Billionaire Wilderness by Justin Farrell. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in today. We have made it to February, uh, three months running. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And, um, as mentioned, you can follow us on Instagram at nuanced underscore beauty and uh, shoot me an email at nuancedbeauty at yahoo.com and rate and uh, share the show. Take care.